We are going to get into week three now of our series called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And um, before we begin to unpack today's message, I wanted to do a quick reset. As you can see from our graphic, and as I told you guys from the beginning, this is based off of a book by a pastor named John Mark Comer. And, uh, and so I wanted to just uh, newly remind you guys, encourage you guys, if you haven't had the opportunity yet, um, to go out and purchase this book for yourself and to dig in and read and, and figure out how this applies to your lives and your situations that you may be in. I am um, trying to do my best to communicate how I think this applies to me and give uh, my perspective on this, but I think going and reading for yourself will be the best thing you can do and see how it truly applies to your context, and uh, I think you'll get a ton out of it, so just wanted to encourage you once again to do that, but um, in week one of this series, we started simply by talking about how this concept of of hurry and uh, this pace of life in which we live today is, is truly a problem in our lives. Um, just as we look at our way of life and what things have become, we quickly realize that it's done a, a great deal of damage for us mentally, emotionally, physically, and especially spiritually. And so we need to understand what this means for us and how we can move better uh, forward in a, in a better way. And so what we began to talk about last week are some spiritual formations or disciplines that we can implement in our lives that are going to help us in that endeavor. So last week, we talked about our first formation, which was the formation of slowing down. The first thing we can do is just kind of slow down the pace of life in which we live it. We're so hurried, and we're always in such a rush, and it does a great deal of damage for our effectiveness and for who we are as people of God. And we talked about how slowing down doesn't mean being lazy or being lethargic. What it simply means is just being intentional in our lives, right? That, that's what we wanna do. We want to, to be more in the moment. We wanna be more mindful of the things around us. And ultimately that's gonna align us with the way of Christ. And so hopefully already last week, you slowly but surely began to implement some of these things in your life and will continue to do so as we move forward. But we're gonna get into spiritual formation number two today. And I'm excited to do that. I think this is a necessary one for the day and age in which we live. And and so I can't wait to to do that. Um, We've talked throughout this series quite a bit about how it is that we spend our time and what it is that we give our attention to, right? When when we talk about hurry and, and restlessness, that's just an inevitable topic that we have to get into. What are we spending our time doing? But one of the things that we haven't talked a ton about are the different things kind of bubbling beneath the surface that that lead us there. We haven't talked a ton about that. We've mentioned a few. We've talked about our need for control and and how that's a bit of a problem. We've talked about our lack of discipline, how, how that's a bit of a problem. But there's one major driver within us that we haven't yet discussed that we need to be aware of. And that main driver is the concept of desire. Okay, so often the root of our hurried lifestyle and and really just the general discontent that we have within it is this insatiable desire that we have 
within us. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's infinite desire for, for really everything around us. That's how we are. We're always wanting more, always longing for more, setting goals so that we can get more. For, for all of us, we're really encompassed in that type of world. And it's interesting as we think about how God tries to kind of rein this in throughout the course of Scripture. Over and over again, we, we see concepts like discipline, like self-control, like, like humility, right? He says, do not covet. That, that's something that you, you shouldn't do. Be content with what you have. And all of these ways were kind of pointed in that direction. But the truth is, we, we still have this inner desire within us. And that desire goes above and beyond reality, meaning our desire surpasses our capacity, and because of this, it almost serves as like this, this constant itch within us that we're trying to scratch, right? That we can never really satisfy in the truest sense, especially in the world in which we live today. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, desire has always been an obstacle for human beings throughout the course of history, right? Always wanting more than we have and, and never being satisfied with what we do have. This has always been a problem. And in fact, we can go read through scripture and see that over and over again. But today, that fire really is stoked in, in some pretty major ways, right? Whether it's technology, we've talked a little bit about that, whether it's possessions, whether it's status, whatever it is, it's, it's really all around us. We, uh, we pull up Instagram and we see these athletes and these celebrities with just endless amounts of stuff, right? I mean, just so much stuff and, and they never seemingly have to worry a day in their lives about finances and then that fire is stoked within us. We watch our favorite TV show and we see that toy or that product that we've been longing for and that fire is stoked within us. Even just driving down the road, right? We can drive down our neighborhoods and, and see the guy down the street got that car that we've had our eye on for so long and the fire is stoked. It's, it's a daily, really a constant battle for us in the world in which we lived. In fact, the latest studies show that the average American now sees upwards of 4,000 advertisements every single day. 4,000 ads every single day, and make no mistake about it, all of them are designed to, to ramp up this desire within us for more or for better or for different, right? Buy this or eat this or drink this or watch this or be this, and you'll finally be fulfilled. You'll, you'll finally reach that destination that you've been longing for. That's what we're sold over and over again. And as a result of that, we end up in a place where reality never matches our desire. And so inevitably in comes restlessness and disappointment and angst and anxiety and disillusionment. Like these things suddenly begin to encompass our lives. And so the question is, as followers of Jesus, how do we deal with that, right? That's, that's probably a question we should ask ourselves more than we do. But as, as followers of his way, how exactly can we approach this? And so let's start with this. Let's begin to understand what this is all about. The first thing we have to understand with this is the reason that we have all of this pent up desire within us is because we were created to live with and to live for an infinite, unlimited God. This is why our desire runs so deep and is so vast because we were created for him and nothing less will ever satisfy us. So the key here isn't about detaching from our desire, but rather putting it back in its proper place, 
right? That's what the endeavor is about. So, so we have to put our eternal desire back in its proper place on God, and then we have to put the rest of our de- desires in their proper place underneath him, right? That, that's what the endeavor needs to be. In fact, St. Augustine put it this way, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it rests on you. Our heart is restless until it rests on you, until we can get to a place where our deepest inner desires are truly fixed on God, we we will have this proverbial itch within us that we're always looking to scratch that that is hopefully gonna lead us to satisfaction and fulfillment, fulfillment and contentment. That's what we're reaching for. And so the question is, especially within the context of this series, what are some of the, the practices or the formations that we can implement to help us in this endeavor, to help us overcome just this, this inner discontent we have, help us overcome the, the desire within us for the things that we ought not seek after? And so, so the, the practice that we're going to talk about today is an age-old practice. We, we see this very prevalent in history, especially, especially as we look back at the history of Scripture. But this is definitely one that we need to, to better understand and implement in the day and age in which we live. And so the second spiritual formation that we're talking about in this series is the formation or the discipline that we call Sabbath. Okay, this is what we're talking about today, the discipline or the formation that we call Sabbath. Now, maybe you're hearing that term um, for the very first time today. For others, you've heard about this your entire life. Regardless of where you might fall there, I truly believe that there are things here that that we need to better understand and implement in order to, to truly live the lifestyle that Christ would have us live. And one of the reasons I say that so confidently is because this is a concept I've heard about my entire life. I mean, over and over again, I've, I've heard about this and I've had my own journey with this and I won't go into all the details around it, but suffice it to say, in these recent studies of mine, it truly has opened my eyes just in some really cool, beautiful ways into what this truly is about and how we can walk in it. And so I'm excited for you to see the same thing. So the, the word Sabbath, which obviously isn't a common one in our daily vernacular, um, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, okay? That's the original word that we see in scripture. And that literally means to stop, Okay? It's a very simple definition. It means to stop or to cease whatever it is that you might be doing. But as simple and as easy as that might sound on the surface, this has no doubt become one of the, the hardest spiritual formations for us to walk in in our current world and in our current culture. It's just something that we very much struggle to consistently walk in, which is a bit odd on the surface when you think about it. Like you think we would try to find every excuse to stop and rest, right? In fact, you think that this would be a command that we abuse over and over again, but that's not the case And there are a few reasons why that is. In fact, I'm sure we could talk about a lot of reasons, but a few core ones that I want to bring to your attention. And the first one is the the title of this series, right? It's this, this hurry, this rush that is in our lives. This is one of the main obstacles that keeps us from practicing Sabbath. In fact, A.J. Swoboda put it this way, the Sabbath has largely been forgotten by the church which has uncritically mimicked the rhythms of the industrial and success-obsessed West. 
We have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. It is not as though we do not love God. We love God deeply. We just do not know how to sit with him anymore. This continues to be a theme over and over again in this series that we can't even just calm down enough to just sit and and enjoy the presence of God. And it rears its ugly head once again as we look at this formation of Sabbath. The bottom line is we we just don't think we have time for this. There's, There's no way we could possibly carve out something like this in our busy schedules. It just just can't happen. Part of the reason is that it it takes discipline and self-control to do this. And as we talked about last week, the sad thing is, is if you ask us to to do something or to take action, we'll eventually figure that out. But if you ask us to kind of pull back the reins and have some discipline, well, that's unfortunately a different story. And so what ends up happening here is instead of following after the patterns of God, what we do is we follow after the patterns of culture and society. And it leads us down a path to where we begin producing that fruit as opposed to producing the fruit of the Spirit. This is very much what we see in, in many of our daily lives. We're too hurried, we're, we're too rushed to follow after the rhythms of God. This is what leads us to the second obstacle, which is simply that, that we don't trust God. I mean, this is, this is just one of those things that, that far too often we have to look at face-to-face. We, we don't trust God like we say we do. And this is a major obstacle to practicing Sabbath. This is what the TOW Project said. God recognizes the deeper problem within the hearts of his people. They do not rest on the Sabbath because their hearts do not trust in his provisions. Rather, they trust in self-sufficiency, inadvertently stealing God's job away from him. Bottom line is, is we don't trust him like we think we do. We think we have to take control. We have to do things our way when he wants us to enter into something much different. And so how can we overcome these things and and try to get beyond these things so that we can walk in this the way that God truly intends? And so let's start by simply talking about how not to walk in this, okay? Sometimes it's helpful just to understand right out of the gate, what is this not about? And so the first thing we have to understand about Sabbath is that this is not about laying around and doing nothing, okay? That's, that's not what Sabbath is. It's never been that. It will never be that. And in fact, this is the very reason Jesus got in a lot of arguments with the Pharisees around this topic, right? Because he was healing people on the Sabbath. He was allowing his disciples to pick grain on the Sabbath. He allowed a man to pick up his bed and walk on the Sabbath. And all of a sudden they had some issues with that. In fact, someone recently put it this way. The Sabbath is not a day of mere idleness, but rather an opportunity, That's the perspective that we need to have. So again, all of these principles around eliminating hurry are are not about being lazy. They're not about being sluggish, but rather aligning ourselves with the goodness and the purpose of Christ. That's what we're aiming to do here. And so if that is the case, why don't we just begin there? When it comes to this topic, let's go straight to the life of Christ. How did he see this? How did he view this so that we can understand it for our own lives? And so first off, yes, Jesus very much practiced the discipline of Sabbath throughout his life. That's abundantly clear as we read through the gospels. However, 
his approach was a little bit different than the typical person. And so we need to understand what that means for our lives and our perspective. So what I wanna do is I wanna go back to the first century, the time in which Jesus lived and, and the time in which his ministry was being unfolded. And I just wanna understand what Sabbath looked like for them and, and how they kind of walked in this. And so the first thing we have to understand is that Sabbath was historically uh, beginning at sundown on Friday and would go through the next 24 hours, okay? That's what it looked like. So, so basically from Friday late afternoon to Saturday late afternoon, that was the time of Sabbath. But there were a few pillars to this practice that were very, very important, okay? The first thing is that it was a very God-centered practice, okay? Very God-centered. They would make intentional efforts in basically everything they did to center it around God. So they were very deliberate about focusing their attention on him, about drawing closer to him in different ways. They would spend much time in the synagogue praying and teaching and reading scripture. It was very much centered around him. But the other thing that, that sometimes we don't realize is that it was also very community-centered, this is part of it that maybe we've lost touch on over the years, but it was very much about that. In fact, go look at each time that, that Sabbath is mentioned in the Gospels and pay close attention to how many of those times Jesus is alone or how many times he's just kind of laying around by himself. You, you never see that. It was very community-centered. It was often spent around a table with, with family and friends, breaking bread and enjoying one another's company. That's the picture that we get many times. In fact, even the concept of the synagogue, which I mentioned a second ago, was very much community-driven. In fact, I was doing some research this past week and I found some, some really cool information that was very helpful on synagogues. And I won't go into all of the details of it, but bottom line is synagogues simply meant assembly or congregation. And as we look back to the first century, what the synagogue essentially was, was a community center. It's where they lived life together. They would go to school there. They would do their spiritual practices there. They would fellowship there. It was, it was a very community-driven atmosphere. In fact, when the apostles began church gatherings, this was very much the picture that they had in mind. And again, this is what Sabbath was centered around, God and his people. This was the point. Now, maybe you're, you're wondering why Jesus even practiced this to begin with, right? Why was this even something that they were doing during his day and age? Well, because again, this was an age old practice that actually we see thousands and thousands of years before Christ even entered the picture, right? We, we see this in the practices of the Jewish people for century upon century. We see this in the handing down of the 10 commandments on two separate occasions. In fact, we see it all the way back in Genesis chapter two. Right, Going all the way back to the beginning of scripture, we see this concept over and over again. In fact, in the context of Genesis, we read this in chapter two, verse three. It says, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. So with this in mind, combined with the, the practices of Jesus and how he approached this, what I wanna do is I wanna go through four overarching concepts of what the Sabbath is, is really ultimately about and just some practical ways that we can walk in that, okay? Again, I'm not promising that I'm gonna blow anybody's mind here, but I'm telling you, if you look at this through the right lens and begin to see how you can walk in this, I, I think you might get a little bit excited about what this means for your life and how you live it. So the very first concept that we have to understand around the Sabbath is that it's a time to worship. 
okay? Sabbath is, is really first and foremost a time to worship. In fact, we're starting with this one because really everything else should fall underneath it. This is the, the priority. Now, the first thing that this shows us is that this means that Sabbath is not simply a day off, Okay, that, that's not what this is. The two of those things should probably actually look very different. Typically on a day off, we're doing our chores and we're taking the kids to their, their practices or their games, or maybe we're catching up on our favorite television show. The, the Sabbath should look very, very different because it's an intentional time to worship. That's what it is. Now, when I say the word worship, what I mean is intentional time to center God in our hearts a dedicated time to connect with and abide in our creator. That is what I'm talking about. See, worship is, is oftentimes not what we think it is on the surface or what we, we think about right out of the gate. Does it at times mean singing and praising? Absolutely, that certainly falls under the category, but most often it simply means attention. It means submission. It means sacrifice. That's what worship is, giving God your attention, submitting to his ways, being a living sacrifice for him. That's true biblical worship. And this is in many ways what Sabbath is about. In fact, Lee Campbell put it this way. Worship is the response of grateful and humble people to the living God where submission, sacrificial service, praise, profession, testimony, and joy are freely expressed in innumerable ways. This is a much richer concept than mere corporate singing and praising once a week for 20 minutes. And this is what Sabbath in many ways is designed for, to orient our attention back on him, to, to submit to his ways and be reminded of, of who he is and what he truly deserves from us. It's an intentional way to line us up with our creator. Now, what are some practical ways that we can implement this during our time of Sabbath? Just some, some really simple things that we can do and try to, to think outside the box maybe a little bit on how you can do this. The first thing that we definitely should do during our Sabbath is pray. This should very much be a, a part of what that day looks like. It, it should in many ways be, be full of prayer but again, I want you to think about how you can do that in, in different ways and maybe ways that you never have before. Think about things that you've never prayed about before, you've never asked for before. Think about places you've never prayed before and, and how that might open up your soul in new ways to God. Just think outside the box and how you can draw closer and closer to him. In fact, one of the ways I think would be really cool is during your time of Sabbath, just intentionally thank God for everything around you. Just like every, just take a look around you. Just intentionally thank him for, for everything in your life. Just position your mind to a place where you begin to realize that every good and perfect gift truly is from the Father above and just continue to point us in that direction. It should be a, a day of prayer. A second thing we can do is, is conversation. Just, just have intentional conversations with your family during this time. Just talk about who God is to you and, and what he means to you and what he's doing for you in your life. Just open up some dialogue uh, about that. We, we talked about a statistic a few weeks ago where only 14% of Christians talk about Jesus on a weekly basis. Only 14% on a weekly basis. This should be a time where, where we break that percentage, right? Where we're talking about who he is and what he's done for us and, and that our kids begin to see what our perspective is on our heavenly father. This is a beautiful way to walk in that. 
I've heard about some, some really different, unique ways that people do this and kind of orient their attention towards him. I've, I've heard of people that light candles throughout their home that represent different things so that as they see them or as they smell them, they're reminded of those things. That's, that's interesting. I've never tried that before. Um, I've heard of people that um, play different songs that elicit different emotions throughout the day so you can kind of get the different aspects of your relationship with him. Just honestly, the cool part of this is you can cater it to yourself. What draws you closer to him? What allows you to point your attention to him and just lean into those things. Do whatever it is that allows you to see his, his goodness and his grace and his mercy in ways that you never have have before. This is a time to, to worship in some beautiful ways that maybe we don't typically practice. This is, this is first and foremost. The second concept that we see around the idea of Sabbath is that it's a time to stop. It's a time to stop. Again, going back to the original meaning of this, that's what it literally means is, is to stop. And so it, it means stop working. Yes, that's true. And we see that very literally throughout scripture, but, but it goes way beyond that, okay? It also means stop worrying. This is a, a time and a space where we can try to get rid of the stress and the anxiety that just seems to overwhelm us. Just, just try to quiet that noise. It means stop wanting Stop that, that longing for all the things around you and just try to reach a, a place of satisfaction in him. Again, this very much goes back to the idea of trust, which by the way, is our spiritual posture for this one, that, that we would trust in God and be able to walk in this the way that, that he has commanded. But just imagine if you could trust him enough to where truly throughout those days, you could just be still and know that he is God. What, what if you could just walk in that and, and live in that? Stop the noise, stop the stress, stop the frantic pace of our lives and, and just begin to lean into him. So what are the ways that we can do this? So I want you to just kind of begin to, to think a little bit about these questions and, uh, and maybe see how this might apply to you. But, but one of the things I would think about is what brings you the most stress and anxiety in your life and take intentional efforts to stop during this time? Okay, just take intentional efforts to stop, to cease during this time. Quiet that noise. Now, again, there's, there's nuance. You have to take this into context. If your kids are what stress you out, don't abandon your kids on Sabbath. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But, but listen, if, if it's work email or if it's your chores or whatever it is that brings you stress and anxiety, just try to quiet that. Just try to stop that and trust in God. On the flip side, think about what allows you naturally to kind of slow down and just soak in God's presence. Again, going back to, to last week, what are the things that bring us to that place? And just lean into that, lean into to, to that trust that you have in him. One of the ways that I think is helpful, again, going back to the idea of community, is finding the people in your life that allow you to do that. What people in your life just allow you to stop, to just slow down, enjoy life, and, and just spend quality time with those people during this time frame? And as you do that, all of a sudden you'll realize the, the contentment and, and the joy and just being able to enjoy every moment that you have. This is what we need to, to give ourselves to. The last thing we can do around this idea of stopping is, is to spend the time reading scripture or some sort of spiritual literature that, that lines up with scripture, okay? This should certainly be something that we regularly do during this time. In fact, last week I, I said a quote from the book where he said, don't allow your newsfeed to set your view of the world, right? And that's a very helpful tip. But, but what if instead you allowed scripture to set your view of the world? 
just, just think about every Sabbath, you, if you were just reminded of, of God's perspective, that, that you allowed his word and his promises and, and his goodness to, to allow you to frame the world the way it should be through his lens. This is how we can stop and just put our trust back in him, okay? So it's a time to worship. It's a time to stop. Here's the third thing. It's a time to rest, Okay, it's a time to rest. Yes, this is an opportunity to rest your mind, to rest your body, to rest your spirit. It's a time to lean into that. Now, I will say this. You have to understand that this, this word rest really in its original intent means contentment. That, that's what we're really trying to lean into is this idea of contentment. In fact, if you go back to the Genesis narrative where we first see this concept, it says that God rested right? He himself rested. Now we know that God doesn't grow weary, that he doesn't get tired. So what is this telling us? It's simply saying that he was content. He he didn't need to create more or create bigger or create better. He looked at his creation and he was content. In fact, over and over again, it it says that, that it was good, right? Over and over again, he says it was good. It was good. He was satisfied. He no longer had to reach for more. This is why many people call the Sabbath an act of resistance against the pulls of this world. If you're taking notes, write that down. An act of resistance against the pulls of this world. It goes back to, to our desires, right? We, we have this constant itch that we wanna scratch and, and can never be satisfied, but Sabbath gives us the, the discipline to pull back from those things and just rest in his presence. Again, just, just get our attention back where it needs to be, just to be satisfied for once in our lives. It allows us the space to do that. No more wanting, no more longing, just, just true contentment in the presence of God. So what are some practical ways that we can step in this? We talked about this one last week, but this is another opportunity to prioritize this, and that is sleep. This is something we can literally prioritize in our Sabbath time. In fact, make your Sabbath time the, the, the night where you can get 11 hours like they used to in the old days, right? Where we can actually lean into that and allow our bodies and our minds to, to truly rest, maybe sneak in a nap where you wouldn't otherwise be able to do that. Just rest, man. That's what this is there for. Another way we can do that is, is just by entering into the quiet. Just entering into the quiet. What do I mean by that? Find the places and in, in the context where you can truly quiet your heart and your mind. And again, that's going to look different for each one of us. And so you may have to kind of pursue that and figure out what that is for you. But maybe that means waking up early and, and just sipping your coffee by yourself at the table. That just allows you to kind of slow down and rest. Maybe it's taking a long bath and just allowing your mind to just completely simmer. For some of us, that's kind of taking a walk in nature and just being reminded of the beauty of his creation. Whatever it is that allows you to just kind of quiet your thoughts and quiet your soul, enter into that during this space. That's, that's an important one. Here's the last thing we can do, and, and this is important. Just spend some simple quality time with your friends and your family. Just, just enter into that rest. Some simple time with the people that you love, which means no fancy steakhouses necessary, right? No, no dressing up necessary. No, no big check is necessary here. Just simple, ordinary, beautiful life with the people that God has given you. That, that will allow you to just take a breath, allow you to, to truly rest in his presence and be reminded once again of how good he is. This is how John Mark puts it in his book. He says, just put all of it away and enjoy Drink deeply from the well of ordinary life. 
a meal with friends, time with family, a walk in nature, fireside coffee. Above all, slow down long enough to enjoy life with God who offers everything that materialism promises but can never deliver on, namely, true contentment. This is an opportunity to enter into that space, to truly feel and realize what contentment is in your life. This is the opportunity to do that. The last concept that revolves around Sabbath, and this is the one that really opened up my eyes, I think, in some new and different and exciting ways. In fact, I'm excited to to jump into this myself. But the fourth concept around Sabbath is that it's a time to delight. It's a time to delight. What does that mean? This is a time to celebrate the goodness of God and the beautiful life that he has given you. It's a time to do that. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12, it says it this way, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Observe the Sabbath day. This word observe gives it a slightly different meaning, which is really in line with the idea of observing a holiday, meaning it doesn't really have the feeling of a command as much as it does a gift. That's what we're talking about here. In fact, oftentimes when Shabbat was talked about historically, it was within the context of a celebration. This is how people looked at this over the course of history. So if you just imagine approaching Sabbath as as literally a weekly holiday, just, just think about that. A time every week where you got to do your favorite things. A time every week where, where you got to just be filled up with life again. A time every week where you were reminded of what's truly valuable and important in your life. What if you had that space to be able to enjoy every single week? See, this is, this is not about pressure. It's not about heaviness. It's not about legalism. It's about joy and freedom and celebration. In fact, this is what Jesus was fighting for most often when he was arguing with the Pharisees and the scribes around this topic. They weren't looking at it the way that they needed to. In fact, the word holiday goes back to its original meaning, which is holy day. So this is literally a direct correlation. It's a holy day or a holiday that we are to enter into. It's a time to reignite our souls into joy and delight, which is ultimately found in Christ. And this is something we desperately need for ourselves. Now, what are some practical ways we can do this? Well, this is a pretty simple one, given what we just talked about. I want you to think about the way that you observe and you prepare for other holidays. Seriously, think about that, how you kind of look forward to it, what you plan and what you look forward to doing. So cook your favorite meals on that day. Seriously, listen to your favorite music on that day. Play your favorite games on that day. Hang out with the the people that are closest to you during that day. Like literally go all out enjoying the beautiful gifts that God has given you. See, this is is what we need to enter into and, and, and have lost touch of over the course of time when we understand this topic. And the cool thing is when we do it, when we approach it this way, all of a sudden we begin to see God in all of that. Right? All of a sudden, in, in the food and in the games and, and in the people in our lives, it centers our attention on Him in, in this way that is ordinary but so beautiful. It allows us to see just how good He truly is in the things and the people that He's given us. And that's what we want to aim for. That, that's what we're looking for. Sabbath is a time to worship, it's a time to stop, it's a time to rest, and it's a time to delight. And I'll tell you, I can promise this for every single one of you. Each one of you need that in your lives. Each one of you needs that for your soul, for your spirit, for your relationship with God. And he's giving us an opportunity 
to walk in this in such a beautiful and free way. This is um, one of the topics that probably fits what I talked about in week one best, which is the idea that we practice these things so that we can, we can execute in real time. We can, we can actually do it in our real life. So, so catch this, we practice this. We practice putting our attention on God. We practice this idea of, of contentment and joy and celebration so that every day of our lives, that's how we live. That's literally what we get to walk in every single day of our lives. That's our perspective. In fact, John Mark calls it finding the pocket of life. Just, just finding the pocket of life. If you've ever played music or understand rhythm, once you find that pocket, all of a sudden there's this flow, there's this contentment, there's this beauty that you just wanna stay in and live in. And this is what Sabbath does for our souls. We, we find the rhythm of creation again and be able to walk in it in new and beautiful ways. That's what we want. Please stand with me. I want to read you a a section of this book where he kind of gives some of his personal account with this particular topic, and I think it will, will help you in how you can begin this journey He says this, if your story is anything like mine, Sabbath will take you a little while to master. It took years of trial and error for me. As our kids age into their teens, our practice continues to adapt and iterate. It might take you a while to dial it in. That's okay. Remember, you're not in a hurry. To begin, just set aside a day. Clear your schedule, turn off your phone, say a prayer to invite the Holy Spirit to pastor you into his presence, and then rest worship and delight in whatever way is life-giving for your soul. If you wanna understand how to just begin to, to walk in this, I think this is a beautiful way to begin that process. First off, understand that you have to be patient. You're, you're, not, gonna, you're not gonna perfect this right out of the gate. You're gonna have to find out what's best for you and how this works for your life, how, how this even works for your schedule. You're gonna have to really figure this out. Be patient with yourself but then just, just take some intentional steps to get there. In fact, I would encourage you just to, to start wherever you're at. Whatever you can do this week, start with that. Maybe that's just Friday night. Maybe that's just Saturday morning. Maybe that's just Sunday till dinner. Whatever time frame you can carve out to do these things, just begin there and start playing around with, with what this looks like for you, for your family, for your friends, and, and how you can live in this how you can begin to see this seep into the other aspects of your life and and your relationship with him. What what if we got to the point to where where Sabbath is is literally the best day of the week? To where it was literally like what we looked forward to or, or what we looked back to as what filled our soul for what's ahead. What if we could get to that point? where it truly enriched us and enlightened our souls. And that slowly but surely that would make its way into every moment of our lives. Where regardless of what's going on, we can actually begin to to truly fix our attention on him. We can truly be content regardless of our circumstances, as Paul says. Where we can enter into joy and celebration and rejoicing like never before. 
What if that were our lives? What if that was our constant perspective? This is what he wants for us. But we have to be willing to step in it. We have to be willing to practice it. I want to encourage you to lean into this, talk to your family today or throughout this week, what this might look like for you. And just begin to see how your soul might come back to life, how it might make its way back to the Father in just the way you've been longing for, just the way that you need.